We got you in the cage. Now we're going to poke you and see what happens. He's out with a driver now. Now I'm not sure this is right. Would somebody kindly go and stop him? Give him a large brandy and pop him down. No, this this really is beyond a joke. Now he's he's, he's gone gaga because this is uh, this is quite. I've never seen anything like it before, and to attempt to hit the ball out of there is pure madness. Last golf shot. No, answer the question. That's terrible. This could be good. Come in. This could be good. Looks better than it is, folks. Not bad. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is that time of the week once again. You're tuned in for the 11th time to the RACDG podcast. The worst president in human history, full of bad decisions divisive language, general heart angst, angster, angster, anger caused across the entire world. I'm, of course, talking about Crawford Anderson Dillon. The RSAB president joins us again this week, as usual, along with the man who has, he's changed his Zoom name, so it's official now. He is a Salty Voltage, and we are joined this week, a very special guest, long-time flocker, um, and the commissioner of the RACDG Video Games League, and also the orchestrator, is that a word, orchestrator? Or- orchestra- orchestratio of the uh, new RACDG year-long order of merit, which we're going to talk about in a bit, it is Mr. Philip, the Taskmaster Tasker. Phil, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Looking forward um, to it. I never asked Robin Crawford how they were doing, but I'm assuming you're both fine. I'm, I'm I'm fucking terrible, Gary. But I'm not telling you now. You're even asked. <laughs> I was gonna um I was gonna ask you, Gary, if you're all right this week because last episode your mind seemed to be a bit clogged up. My mind did. Um, yeah. My leg did. My roof did. Everything else did. But uh... you seem to be a bit distracted with cloggings. <laughs> you're right this week. <laughs> Oh, it was subtle. It was subtle, but we got there in the end. Do you know, that's a really, uh, it's a niche one because it happened in an offset group, but whoever will hear that will get it and uh, appreciate it, hopefully. But, you know, that's in the past now. Uh, That's in the past. And um, I will not be dancing on the ceiling, touching the ceiling, falling through the ceiling, anything uh, ceiling related this week. Um, Bit of a newsworthy week in general, in golf and in life. That's... Mr. Trump, uh, as we alluded to, the second worst president in world history, has left the White House and uh, President Biden's in. I was listening to the um, inauguration on the radio, BBC Radio Scotland, and the uh, guy was talking about, it, it was basically doing that thing where they're clearly sitting watching it on TV, but they're just talking about what's happening on TV and they're filling so much dead air. And they'd just done the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag and then it was just about to lead into a musical performance and it led to like one of the weirdest passages I've ever heard that really summed up um, the whole year 2021 for me. So the guy went, I'll try and say this as verbatim as possible. He went, and there was the Pledge of Allegiance to the American flag and notable the line in there about uh, speaking out against all enemies, both foreign and domestic. Now, usually we would just take that as given. Uh, But you could argue that ex-president Donald Trump failed on both those accounts, foreign enemies, due to the uh, Russian interference in both the election and throughout his term and domestic 
issues as well. As we remember last week, the Capitol building was seized uh, almost in a revolution by this crazed group of Trump supporters trying to take over the government, which sadly resulted in the deaths of five people. Anyway, here's J-Lo. And that was that. Here's <laughs> 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 Jalo. Man, that, that guy's a professional right there. <laughs> what a we, we dream of being able to do legs like that, don't we? <laughs> I have to admit, Gary, I was just thinking then there better be some sort of punchline because it went on a bit long for me. That was, <laughs> it was good. But that it was, was that's it. where we are in world politics at the moment. Um, anyway, here's JLo. So, Anyway, here's Rob. Um, as subtle a behind as uh, JLo, I've often been told. So, Rob, have you got some nice questions to ease Mr. Tasker into the podcast before we get into the juicy stuff? I think so. This is very different to the uh, the video call that Phil and I had last week with Ben Lovejoy, and we were playing online golf. I tell you, it, 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 it's just as well that no girl is listening to this because when they heard that, Rob, they'd be flocking around a lot of the load of you. <laughs> Three boys online playing online golf, video games. I just staring yeah. at each other, staring at each other's eyes as they played. It's, it's layer upon layer of hot from a girl's point what of view. He's not letting, what he's not letting everyone into is that we're going back for a second date tonight after this. We are, we are. Coming back for but, and this is the funny thing, you... Um, we played the last two rounds of qualifying for the league that we'll get on to. And um, we thought, oh, yeah, so we took it in turns, shot, watched each other's shots. And after, was it three hours, Phil? It was, yeah, it was not far off. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, both, we all decided, let's just do one round in future. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all thought it was going to take about, about an hour and a half to do both rounds. And I think we started at like, to nine and finished at about 20 to midnight I think yeah <laughs> he was like yeah let's not pretend any of us have got anything better to do oh I know oh. that is true that is true so hello Phil and welcome to uh the the official uh RACDG podcast <laughs> first bit is. of salt first bit of salt there a little sprinkle of seasoning already there are other podcasts available, just if anyone wants to know. Um, we're going to run through this really quickly because Gary's given us such a schedule. It is jam-packed and we don't want to be three hours. So we'll run through it really quickly. People think we just come on here and talk. This is meticulously planned out. I know, he's, he's, Rob's, Rob's chattering the illusion here. The fourth wall has come crashing down. I've, I spent literally minutes putting this together. Literally <laughs> three minutes putting this podcast together. So it's it's going to be pretty quick because Gary is a, he's, he's a taskmaster and he'll push us along very quickly. So um, welcome. And um, if you want to share your, your age, how old are you, Phil? Gary's 32. It was his birthday last week. So older or younger than Gary? Older. 37. Oh, OK. Decent age. 37? You, yeah. He looks younger, quite, doesn't he? Quite a boyish face. Apart from the, the Freddie Mercury moustache, the rest of it's I know, pretty yeah, boys. It's actually growing in. I should have shaved it before this. I should have really got rid of that before we did this podcast. I knew it would come up, but yeah. yeah. It's all right, so, Philip. Look, look, don't worry about it, because the way a podcast works, people can't actually see you. Well, what? No, that, that's true, but Gary can, and that's what worries me the most. The, the, <laughs> I mean, the biggest issue I've got is not so much the Freddie Mercury thing, it's that John Arshad's wife thinks I look like Chris Kamara. That's what bothers me more. <laughs> Unbelievable, Jeff. Unbelievable, Jeff. <laughs> It's amazing. Where, 
<laughs> you do now, you've said it. That's you look like if Chris it. Kamara and Freddie Mercury had an ill-conceived child. <laughs> I mean, it'd be a, a miraculously conceived child. Yeah. For so many reasons. <laughs> I don't know, I, th- I reckon Mercury would have been up for that. <laughs> he always lowers that tone. But um, whereabouts um, in the world are you located and what's your home club? Uh, so I'm based in Stamford um, in Lincolnshire and my home club is Burley Park Golf Club. Um, which is an absolutely terrible golf club, if I'm honest. Um, I'm, I'm only there because they offer flexible membership, and I think I've played there about three times in the last 12 months, to be honest. And is it, um, is it a terrible club or a terrible course or both? Um, I mean, the club, I mean, Stanford's quite a, a well to do town in a part of the country that's not well to do, so it has, its, it has a much higher propensity of, of wankers than. Than other towns would do. Um, so Too much working club... class riffraff there for Phil. That's what you're trying to say. <laughs> so the the golf club is is full of wankers, but um, the course itself is it could be an alright layout, like a nice lot of parkland. It's, it's 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 built on sandstone, so it's probably the best draining course I've ever seen. It's only been closed for half a day in the last two years. So if you put into context everywhere else in the amount of rain we've had, that's pretty phenomenal. But that's its only oh. redeeming feature. Its conditioning is what lets it down. And a big, uh, a big hello to all the wankers from uh, Phil's club that might be joining. Is really happy to have you listening here, uh, Phil. Yeah, I think there is another. I think there's another Burley Park member actually, or there's definitely another Stamford. There's a couple of other Stamford golfers in the group, but I think they'll share my, uh, they'll share my thoughts on Burley Park Golf Club. Um, I know two of them have, have left there. Is it part of the estate? It is part of the estate, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It, used, it was a private members club, but it went bankrupt uh, about a year ago, so the, the estate have now taken it over. So that might actually actually sort of see it push on and do, some, do something for it. But it's just, to be honest, if you played it like, as a layout, it's fine. It's like a nice English parkland layout. It's just that they don't, the conditioning is terrible. The greens are, are awful. And for a course that, if you were a full member, wants 1,200 quid a year, it's, it's outrageous, to be honest. But That's a lot for up, for up there, I've got to say. I don't think we'll, we need to do Phil's Flock 5. I think we'll just do his Flock 4 because clearly his home club is going to yeah, be within no, I mean, that part. So much, so much joy for it. But, um, I say, if, if anybody hasn't ever been there or doesn't know anything about Stamford, Stamford is a beautiful town in a part of the country that is pretty dull <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's it yeah and that's why it sort of attracts so many people so but yeah I mean you know probably next year I'm gonna well say next year this year I'm probably gonna move to Stoke Rochford Golf Club which is about 15 minutes up the road and is there's one of the flockers Ben Murray's a member there and that's a really good track designed by um Hodgkin who obviously designed Hodgkin so that's a yeah that's a really nice course okay. I've played more golf there um, over the last six months than I have actually at my home course so there's a few of us I think you know, there's a few people thinking about getting distance membership there so there'll be a little kind of flock group of about four or five of us there probably in the next year or so, so. okay cool nice uh, so what's your what's your handicap index Phil 14.5 are you happy with that um, yeah I mean when WHS was coming in I was I was hoping to go up another two or three to be honest but that wasn't uh, wasn't to be the case I was off 13.7 on Kongu but that's been a steady creep back from 12 so I didn't play golf at all in 2017 so I've kind of had struggled to to um to play to my handicap so I was hoping that I'd go well back up but no I'm I'm, a, I'm an okay full team I think it's it's a fair handicap that's good that's really good um so how have you got to this point in the flock how did you get in who's your who's your who's your man to get in 
we've all got a man to get in. And um, well, that was getting very philosophical there. You're like, how did yeah. you get to this point? <laughs> Just in life, how did you get here? So how did I get in? Um, obviously, I was a long-term NLU listener. Um, and obviously, I heard about their trip to Scotland. I was interested in the idea of this NLU trip to Scotland. I then saw that they wanted £3,500 for something that was probably worth about a third of that. Um, you know, sort of more by or less. Davey H., no yeah, so I um I kind of I was on the refuge and just chatting and sort of um obviously there was a there was a group of guys that were obviously planning kind of a splinter operation uh, to sort of play alongside the NLU trip and I wanted to sort of in on that at the time and that um Croft said, Well, we've got a WhatsApp group, so why don't you see if you if you're up for that then come and join the WhatsApp group. There's loads of, kind of well, I say loads, probably only about twenty-five people on it, I think, at that point, UK guys. Um so I joined, so that would have been it was just before the shut 2019. So like so yeah, October 2019 is when I joined. Quite early. And we're so, and we're still not sure if that trip to St Andrews is gonna <laughs> happen even this year. Fuck hell. Yeah. Do you just like yeah. is the plan to like be sort of groupies and just sort of follow them around, or are you actually gonna like play? Well, there is there is a snowball's chance in hell they're going to be there. They're, that's not ha- their trip's not happening. No chance. There's no way they should know. Absolutely, chance. No, there's no they're going to. I don't think. I mean, maybe if it was in September, they'd be fine. But I think, but in April, they're not going to be able to get into the country. So I would have so. bet my mortgage on the Mackenzie being fine about two months ago, and even that now, I'm kind of like I think that's on a bit of a sugarly peg as well. Yeah, I, I think it. I think it'll. I think it'll be doable, but it'll it'll be difficult. I think as long as golf is open and hotels are open, then we can go. But I don't think we'll be having meals or beers or anything. It'll be very kind James, of quiet. James Allen will sort you out. Yeah, we're, we're going to stay in his house. <laughs> um, the other thing is I'm not sure about is they may do like two balls only for a while. And if that's the case, then that could scupper us. But it is, you know... I mean, I said this in the group the other day that um, when the lockdown happened, the first lockdown, it was 60 days and it felt like forever. Yeah. It was two months, the end of March to the end of May. Uh, and uh, this one, the uh, the same distance as the end of February. Yeah, still three months to go. I know. If they start letting us out at the end of February, that's still six weeks before the, the, the Mackenzie is supposed to happen. So, salty voltage is just sitting shaking his head to me and Crawford are trying to keep things positive. <laughs> well, we're, well, we're, well, we're supposed to be going up to Rob's birthday, his, his, his delayed 40th from last year. Yeah, I'm going to be 42 by the time I go to my 40th birthday. You're going to be, fucking, you're going to be ages with Ross by the time you get this. Yeah, I think that one's... That one's I mean, I, I still think it may happen, but it might be Dad's touch and go, I think, that one. Crawford. Crawford. What's Crawford. What? There's no chance that that's happening. I'm telling you now. Deal with it. Right, let's move on, Phil. How many flock appearances have you made? Um, it depends on which way you classify it. If it's a, a sort of big event, um, one, which is Christmas Carnage, and if it's sort of in terms of playing rounds with other people from the flock, I don't know, more than 20, I'd say. So, okay, that's not bad. Uh, Phil, Phil and I played, uh, Phil and I and Russ. Who was a, was a friend of Russ's, wasn't it? Yeah, Mike from Coxmore. Yeah. There was an open competition at Kettleston Park Golf Club outside Derby in August, and I went up and Phil and Russ and I all played there. I played very, very badly all day, um, but um, until the seventeenth, it was good fun. What? what, what? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah? I, I, I finished strong, which is all that matters. I've played with Phil as well. Have you? Yeah, we have. Yeah. Up in there. You were up for Turnberry with a few guys, and me, you, Russ, and Alan Martin played Glasgow Gales. We did, yeah. Um, Russ was 
trying to start fights with other groups and stuff like that. But apart from that, it was, <laughs> it was a lovely round. He's a nightmare. You can't take him anywhere. Why was he doing that? Well, what happened again, Phil? Was it something like um, we had we had to onto the fairway that they were at? We all shouted, and this old guy claimed, "Oh, I didn't hear a shout. Oh, he didn't shout loud enough." Yeah, he started like kicking off, didn't he? I think Russ started throwing stones at him or something like that. I mean, yeah, <laughs> just, just, yeah. <laughs> I'm completely making that up. <laughs> It was one of these ones, like, we said maybe, like, one word to them. I think he just was like, yeah, whatever, mate, whatever. And then, like, every time I told that story, like, things got added to it. So by the end of it, I was like, and then Russ just fucking carved his golf bag in (laughs) and shoved it through the guy's heart, (laughs) which is, like, got bigger and bigger. But um, lovely man. Lovely man. All I'll say is it doesn't surprise me. Russ was born in Kent and then grew up in uh, in, uh, Yorkshire, so... Conceived in a lorry park. Phil, what do you most enjoy about the group? We'll ignore these two. What I most enjoy about the group, um, the fact that having moved to the Midlands, sort of, so I moved to Stamford from Doncaster um, about well about three years ago now, and obviously didn't I didn't know anybody here, um, and I've made a couple of friends sort of like locally, the people I joined the golf club with and stuff like that, but didn't have a big network of people compared to what I used to, and sort of coming into the flock and sort of doing that. I've now, you know, like we've got a really strong group of sort of seven or eight of us in the Midlands and then obviously there's all the other events and playing. So I really like the fact that, you know, like with very little effort, you've got a big social group of sort of like-minded golfers and it's, sort of, it's a bit of a game changer, you know, sort of it's um, when things return to normal, I travel quite a bit sort of like nationally with work. So, you know, the fact that you can be anywhere in the country and find someone to have a game of golf with at a pretty decent course is like incredible really. So yeah, that's what I'd say I like the most. Nice. What's your favourite biscuit? Um, golden crunch. I like because the meat box condensed a little bit. The questions are just total scatter gun now. <laughs> <laughs> nice sentimental answer. And then, yeah. sort of biscuit you like? Just so you know, Phil. Gary, Gary warned me beforehand, and he said it's too long. We need to cut it down. It's absolutely ruthless. We're trying to compete with other podcasts. He said. Cut that shit out. Stop asking stupid questions. There's no room for filler on this now. <laughs> so just um, really quickly, Tiger or Jack? Tiger. Good answer. And I think um, we'll get we'll get onto it shortly, but we've obviously got to talk about the Order of Merit and we've got to talk about the uh, RACDG Online 2K21 Golf. But how many majors do you think Rory's going to win by the time his career ends? Hmm. You're not giving me an over under, you're just giving me a total number. It's a total. Just go for it, yeah. Uh, seven. How many do you think he's going to win this year? Um, well, seven. I, I, it's all changed after this morning, isn't it? Um, I'm going to go for one. One this year, love it. Which one? Do you think Lucas has to pay out double if he wins a major? Yes, absolutely, 100%. <laughs> what major? Put your name to one. Yeah. Go on. Um, Put yourself in RACDG podcast number one history and make Crawford happy. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm I'm gonna play to the crowd and go for the master. Yeah, what a choice! What a choice! What a choice! That's just for Rob Emerson. Uh, thank, thanks, Phil. Yeah, thanks, Phil. I, I'm not allowed to ask any more questions. Gary's like giving me the the, the throat cut signal. <laughs> Done nothing. Um, yeah, that was a very condensed uh, meet the flock there with Phil. But do you know what? I think we found out. And I just say, you said I can't answer this question, but I'm going to say it anyway. I'm with Crawford on microwave bacon if it's streaky. Controversial as that might be, if it's streaky bacon, microwaving streaky bacon, 
makes fantastic bacon. I'm just going to put that Thank out there you. because he gets Thank hammered you. through it. And Thank drunk. you very much. Phil has waited 11 weeks to be able to come on the podcast and say that. <laughs> I have, yeah. I, it needed saying. Someone needs to stand up for microwave streaky bacon, basically. Yeah. Chomping at the bit to come in and say that. Honestly, you guys, you got to give it a try. I don't know what you're missing. No. Smash that shite button. Right, let's round up the last week. Um, this is a new thing that I've just made up in my head called uh, Flock the Week. And we'll just look at the last week within the RACDG itself because there's been loads happening. And uh, now because there's so many splinter groups, it's pretty difficult to keep up with things. So first kind of thing I put in my agenda, uh, there was a put-out competition. The final of that was last Sunday night, I believe. Does anybody have any more info on that other than my note of put-out comp finals? Uh, well, it was Rod put it together, and it was um, they basically it was all the people, not everyone, but everyone who had like a, one of those putt out mats, and then they'd all videoed themselves doing it. Like they had to do like so many putts from three feet, four feet, five feet, something like that, and they went through a knockout competition, and uh, uh, and then they did the last, the final, I think they did on Sunday Zoom yeah. together, on Sunday on Zoom together, and Ryan won it, walked off with one hundred and twenty five quid. What? What? Yeah. Everyone put a few quid in the in the pot. There you go. Now you're thinking, fuck, I should have been in that. Yeah. yeah they're gonna they're, they're gonna do it again in February. So buy yourself a putt out mat and uh, throw some money in the pot and away you go. Can you do it on a putting green? No. I knew you were gonna ask that. No. Just because you have one in your back garden. <laughs> no. There's quite a few guys that have got putting greens in their back garden. I think we're gonna do our own one. Just a really middle yeah. class version of the putt out competition. Yeah, that's it, yeah. That they'll be sipping fucking pims and fucking lemonade. I've heard doing like Splinter, separate versions of things that have already got one thing's a really bad idea though, Rob. You might want to think about that. <laughs> well, it seems it seems that it's acceptable now. So let, let's think of things that are going on. Aaron, I'm really sorry, mate. I think your podcast is nice and you've got a really strong jawline and you've got really nice hair and I've got nothing bad to say about you. So it's actually really funny because me and Aaron have been chatting and we've been putting bets on together, so it's all good. Mm, but um, I think I've betting friends. I think, I think <laughs> I've just uh, I think I've just lost us uh, something. So yeah, but I I think um, yeah. Did you lose think, a five hundred pound uh, bet? No, this is hilarious. I texted Aaron. I was like, "Do people really think I'm putting five hundred pounds on a Fulham player making over forty passes in the game?" <laughs> Rob, I've known you a long time and it wouldn't surprise me. I was like, <laughs> really? You were scaring people off? I think I think people took it seriously. Uh, no, it wasn't 500, it was six. And uh, ne- move on. <laughs> Next update that we need, this is the one that's had everybody in tender hooks for the whole week. Have we got any update on Josh touching the ceiling? I.e., has he touched the ceiling yet? No, was I the answer, know. I think. <laughs> no, he's just he's not done it yet. I'm sorry, there's nothing else. Oh, sorry, I thought, um, I thought, you, I thought, I thought we were doing a, doing a pregnant pause so you could drop in your little Josh. We'll do that, Jingle. right? We'll do that because I think yeah. we've got, um, we might have some audio from him. So in the case that we do have some audio, here's Josh with an update on whether he's touched the ceiling or not. Jump and touch the ceiling. Back by popular demand. Tuesday, the 19th of January, 12 noon. So, uh, gonna give it a go today to try and touch the ceiling. Oh, that felt really close. Oh, I think I'm kind of five to seven centimeters short. That's what she said, Gary. 
no joy. Uh, back to the lab. Um, more training required, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, so yeah, well done, Josh. Keep at it, buddy. I spoke to Josh the other night. He's, um, he's getting close, isn't he? Getting we were on close. playing. We were playing Warzone together, and um, he went, "Can we just talk for a minute about why do you think I'm like four foot eleven? And like for some reason, I thought he was really, really short, and I don't know why, but I thought he was like five two or something like that. He's actually taller than me, but he's like, he's like, do you think I'm really short? He's not. He's not short in the slightest. He's six foot. He's six foot. But for some reason, I've just manifested yeah. in my head that he's like five two, and then I thought, well, maybe that's why he's trying to touch the ceiling because he's so short and he's got like little man syndrome that he really wants to like make up for it by touching the ceiling. But it just turns out he's got high ceilings. Well, that's that's one of the one of the best things about the group. As I said last week, is it's kind of developed all these weird like characters, and and you know sometimes you just kind of think of people as a certain person because that's that's just what they are in the chat now to you. But um, hopefully we still have his his beautiful silhouette yeah. um, burned onto uh, <laughs> under some tea. Some some yeah, that was great. Let's soon. let's cover that quickly then. So Crawford, what was that? Somebody had taken a still frame of him jumping and touching the ceiling and made it into like the Air Jordan silhouette. And just as a, a bit yeah, of a well, so, well, it, it was the, it was the it was the frame of him jumping in the air, and, and I said someone should cut that silhouette out and turn it into. Like uh, you know, um, no line up or Michael Phil Mickelson or Air Jordan, and then I did a really crude, ridiculous version of it, and then someone went off and did it properly. I think it was Neil, uh, Neil McCloy from Belfast did it and uh, turned it into a, into a silhouette, and then it just became a thing as the way things do in this in this crazy group. So now it's Air Breslin, and Air Breslin is our is our is our symbol for 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 attempting something crazy. And it's actually taking us on to our next little thing, uh, merchandise. It's actually been printed onto our next run of merchandise. So uh, his silhouette, 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 jumping and touching the ceiling is going to be on hundreds and hundreds of golf tees uh, and whatever else. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up on some hats and T-shirts as well, but it's on some golf tees. We're currently about to put in an order. So Ben Lovejoy, uh, my man Ben Lovejoy and John Stern are keeping an eye on the merchandise side of things and they're about to put in an order for 10,000 golf tees. Absolutely mad. Yeah, it looks, looks like, yeah, we're going to put the order in on Monday, so it's probably going to go past 10,000, but we're not quite sure, you know, is it going to be 11,000 or 12,000 or 15? <laughs> There's something wrong with us. There really is. He put, a, he put a Google sheet up and said, is anybody interested in teas? Let's see if we can get a few hundred together. And I sat and watched that Google sheet live filling <laughs> up. And within like five minutes, there was like six or 7,000 teas bought. Uh, on top of that, we're going to be running some more hats, some winter bobble hats. We've got some T-shirts. We've got hoodies, polo shirts and putter covers. Uh, they've been widely shared about, I think. Keep an eye out on the clubhouse. That's clubhouse.racdg.com. Uh, to see the mock-ups for those and hopefully you'll be able to order those pretty soon as well so i'm, I'm going to be getting myself a powder cover because um did, did you notice the day guy that i have become a member of the fashion accessory crowd with my with my beth nardi putter despicable that's not a fashion accessory it's not a scotty cameron <laughs> yeah. that's no that's one level up i bet i bet bernie Detti or whatever it's called is like beth, beth one nardi. 
<laughs> Bernadette is one level up from it's, Scotty yeah, because, Cameron. Because, it's because not. It's a single piece of steel milled in America as opposed to a bunch of crap made in China like all the Scotty Camerons are these days. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> right, so what we'll do... Uh, bought it off eBay, so it's probably fucking... Did you have for anyway. 100 quid? It's probably, it probably is. But uh, I've called it Pandora because I think it's a gift, but it's probably a box of evil. What's your wife called it? I don't know. She calls it whatever the fuck she wants. <laughs> item, num- item number one on the divorce listing. Yeah. Is it a lot of money? Is that a lot of money for a putter is what I got asked at dinner. Depends how uh, how long Crawford's been unemployed for. Um, it's <laughs> it depends yeah. on relatively how expensive that part is. So, <laughs> yeah. We're on a year now. Have we got the Josh jingle? Has Josh touched the ceiling yet? How long has Crawford been unemployed? Hmm, <laughs> nine months. Has Crawford got a job yet? <laughs> nope. <laughs> but really, the, the good thing is I've I've trained my son really well because he looked at my mum like she, like his mum like she was mad. Like hundred quid? That's nothing. <laughs> it's amazing the, Thank you. the things you'll tell yourself to justify uh, egregious golf items and purchases especially during the lockdown i think we had another exciting 50 percent off code being shared today uh, for bergos bergos gear and i've never bought an item of bergos gear in my world never hill walked uh, in my life are you never serious done, never done anything like that no, 50% off. Have you not seen oh that? Oh my today? God, I've just li- I've literally bought two pairs of Berghaus walking boots. No, you could have had them for half the price if you kept an eye out. You could you could have bought four pairs. If you were size six feet, by the way, I went on and there was only about size six left in every boot because I didn't even need any hiking boots, but I almost bought a pair just because they were 50% off. Exactly. There's not any decent <laughs> size. None of this. <laughs> yeah. But it's fits. Richmond 50 off and uh, we can't say no to it. So we're going to take a very quick break now, guys. Uh, when we do come back, we're going to look uh, quickly at professional golf. Golf is back. Got some stuff to cover with Rory, Tiger, Woods, uh, and we're going to tie that into all the different betting games and schemes and uh, Ponzi pyramid schemes that seem to be running in the block <laughs> at the moment. Uh, and then we're going to talk to Phil a little bit more in depth about the Order of Merit and the Video Games League. And then we are going to get his flock five to finish up. So loads and loads still to come. But now it's time to ask that question. The question on everybody's lips once again Is James Allen still a member at St Andrews? We'll be right back. I, I, as Jim's still a member I, I, St Andrews, did he tell you? I, I, he talks about it every day Yes Check back next week and there it is. James Allen is indeed still a member of St Andrews. Tune in again next week to find out the next thrilling instalment in this saga. Before we move on, uh, while we were having our little break there, because we actually do have a little break, um, we're old, our bladders are pretty rough shape and uh, we need to go to the little boys' room. I was reading uh, something somebody sent me, and this apparently is genuinely true, right? Donald Trump, when he was in office, had a little silver button on his desk in the Oval Office and it was a reporter, and he was saying, 
um, that little silver button's not there anymore. And people were asking what it was. And he said once he was at the White House and he was interviewing Trump in the Oval Office and they were sitting looking at it for ages and ages and they were wondering and wondering what it was for. And then eventually within the meeting, he pressed it. And two minutes later, a butler came in with a Diet Coke on a silver tray and just handed them it and walked out. <laughs> so they had like <laughs> Diet Coke <laughs> button. <laughs> Look, if it was me in the same position, would I do something similar? Probably. It's, that's the most I've ever respected Donald Trump. Is it? I mean, to be honest with you, uh, what amazes me the most is that he was drinking diet. I know, I know, that's it. You never see a thin person drinking diet coke, will do you? Surprised that the button's still there. I mean, I think Bill Clinton had the same button, but I think he just used it for cigars, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> brought in by young hot girls <laughs> well, we're delving into uh, scummy um, Greg Norman picture baiting territory right there <laughs> <laughs> so before we move on and talk a little bit more to you Phil just a very quick five minutes here golf is back in general uh, US tours back, Euro tours back uh, and most importantly it looks like Rory's back and I know that'll excite a few people uh, either listening to the pod or presenting the podcast. Uh, it was the first round uh, over in Abu Dhabi um, we're over in the Middle East swing just now. Quick question for you Crawford uh, did you know that people from Dubai uh, and from Yemen over there hate the Flintstones? Oh no, I fucked up, never mind oh no, there's a joke, there's, it's a joke what's the joke again? People from uh, Dubai don't like the Flintstones, but people from Abu Dhabi do. That was it. So, <laughs> is that in your script? Is that joke in the schedule? <laughs> no, I just it just it came to me uh, a couple of minutes ago there, and by I said came to me. I mean, I've, I've obviously told that a million times. Crawford, <laughs> Rory, six, uh, sorry, eight under sixty four today. First round, first round since the Masters. Obviously, far, far too early uh, to be making big broad wild predictions about the season no, it's not. coming ahead He's but won the um, Masters. how much is he going to win the Masters by uh, hang on <laughs> what, what about your joke I, well, I like the joke that was it do, do the that joke you didn't do it no you fucked it up do it properly oh, people, right did you know that people from Dubai don't like the Flintstones but people from Abu Dhabi do That's <laughs> <laughs> so so Gary watching Rory this morning was making my Jesus Christ. Cut that bit out, Mark. My God. Where's Greg Norman when you need him? And everybody listening, just have a wild fucking guess at what he said there because I guarantee you, (laughs) whatever you think is not as disgusting as what Crawford just said. (laughs) Um, Tiger Woods, speaking of... uh, Tiger Woods just had uh, some more back surgery there. Um, Now... The reason I'm bringing this up is golf news uh, that we don't ever really talk about, but there's a lot of talk that Tiger Woods might be out for the remainder of the year, might be out for the remainder of the season, might never come back again. But we have some exclusive, this is RACDG podcast exclusive news from the man himself. So Tiger Woods is friends with Nota Begay, and then Nota Begay is friends with a guy in the flock, and then that guy in the flock then shared it with me. So it's I've basically got this directly from Tiger Woods. Um, the, his back's all right. He's going to be fine. Minor surgery. He's up walking about. He's going to be fine for the Masters. So uh, all your clickbait titles and stuff like that out there, you know, calling for the end of Tiger, he's going to be fine. 
One of the questions. Yeah, it's funny. I, today I was looking around on like Twitter and stuff, and even in the group, and it's like, oh, Tiger's had another bit of back surgery. Everyone's like, oh, he's finished. He's never competing again. He's over. He's never going to win anything. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, do you not learn anything from what happened the last no, time? That's what I was going to ask. Tiger is over when Tiger, he'll retire. He'll know himself and he'll say, I'm done. But he doesn't that's, think he can win. He'll walk away. That's where we were going to move on to there. So, not just will Tiger Woods win again on tour. How does the next five years of Tiger's career go in terms of wins? Does he go to the Champions Tour? What happens? Phil, uh, I'll come to you first on that one. So does he win again? And what does the next kind of five years look like for Tiger? Um, I think the next five years is going to look very similar to the last 12 months. Um, just pockets of good play. But um, I don't think he's ever going to get back to that Masters 2019 level, if I'm honest. But then again, if you'd have asked me that question two or three years ago, I'd have said he was probably never going to play any sort of competitive golf again. So like you say, you've got to beware your predictions. But I mean, I think he'll still play okay. I think he'll win because I think he'll want to get to 83. Do you, you know, think he like, ends up going to the Champions Tour? Do you think he's the sort of guy that will go there and start racking up majors or will he just go, oh, fuck this, I've done enough? No, no I don't think he'll, he'll go to the Champions Tour. I don't, I, don't think he, I, don't, I don't think he will. I think when he gets to that age, if his son, like if Charlie's any sort of decent golfer, I think he'll focus on sort of helping him and nurturing that side. I don't see any benefit in going to the Champions Tour. It's sort of, it's kind of like yeah, that, I, that Legends football thing, isn't it, that they used to have like indoors. Oh, that was like, you know, like you never saw, you never, there was no, there was no Ballon d'Or players ever playing in that, was there? It was oh, just that was Andy beautiful. Sinton, basically. Wishing somebody like Phil Babb ping one in from yeah, 30 exactly, yards yeah. into a five-a-side goal. <laughs> 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 on the Tiger's going to build his career over the next five years around the majors and he'll play enough until he's competitive in those and he probably won't make five years and as soon as he's not competitive he will retire and not do the champions tour and that'll be it and I do think he will win again he might scrape he might get another masters um, on the week but I think he'll probably win a couple or up to five PGA tour events over the next five years but I think he's he's definitely on his way out. I think just to piss everyone off, I think he wins one Hero World Challenge, which counts, <laughs> which will count as his his official <laughs> record-breaking victory, and then just mic drops and walks off, basically. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I, it, he's gonna he's gonna want that one. He's gonna want that one as well, and I think that he's probably unlikely to beat Jack now. Uh, Here's but a question: He'll want, he'll, he'll want is, that PGA. Is the eighty-three? Is that PGA? It's not maybe got the glamour of Jack's record, but that's surely that's more impressive than Jack's record. 83 yeah. PGA Tour wins. I, I, personally, I personally think it is, but you're never going to get anyone else to recognise it. Um, I think it's more like 83 times. Like people like, you know, DJ's won, what, 20 times, 24 times or something in his career so far? 83 times. The Sam Sneed record is completely made up. It was like fields of like 10 people uh, yeah. and like events with two. So that it's absolute bullshit in the first instance. So 83 PGA Tour wins, looking at from 97 or whatever up to the present day, how deep golf has been. Yeah, but, and, and, the, and the other thing that people always forget about those is that Tiger pretty much from the word go only showed up to the big events. Like he shows up to the Masters, the players, the WGCs, and then he'd show up to like the elevated events like Bay Hill and the Memorial. He didn't, he's never gone to play like a bunch of crap in the middle of fucking Tulsa, Oklahoma. So all of those events are all big events. 
he wasn't like, you know, bloated journeyman Francesco Molinari going and stacking up some wins with the uh, <laughs> two Italian opens and a Spanish How'd you like open. that, Andrea? How'd you like that, Andrea? <laughs> <laughs> How many wins has he got? I actually, I, I said this to troll people um, that Molinari is a journeyman who had a 10-month purple patch and then I looked at his Wikipedia and started putting all the pieces together and now I genuinely believe that he's a journeyman golfer who had a 10-month purple patch. So <laughs> he has 10 Euro Tour wins, or 10, sorry, world wins, worldwide wins. Five of them came between early 2018 and late 2018, uh, right round about when he obviously won the Open. I think he won a WGC. He won, he won Bay Hill. In that yeah, he won Bay Hill. Um, yeah. Obviously, had the Ryder Cup run. Other than that, he won a WGC back in like 07 or something. And then the rest of his wins were like two Italian Opens and a Spanish Open. And then like nothing for like eight or nine years or something like that. So... Um, yeah, I'll, I'll die in that hell. Why not? I have nothing but pride and respect and 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 uh, uh, generosity of heart for Andrea. You know, believing in his countryman and, and wanting to support his countryman. But we all know he's shite. <laughs> I mean, he shows Molinari is like a perfect example of the fine margins in golf, though, isn't he? Because you've got that field of elite golfers that are all sort of like nip and tuck, and he just obviously he had it click, didn't he? And his swing just basically couldn't miss for like a year. And he, yeah. and he racked up sort of like career-defining wins and obviously had that incredible Ryder Cup and then whatever spark he had, just obviously something just goes and then he just goes back to sort of being sort of like a struggling journeyman again. It just shows you that you only need something just to sort of ju- just slightly sort of edge you above everyone what, else. What is it like the, the scoring average between like the top 100 pros, like the scoring average difference between like one and 100 is like, a, like less than a stroke or something like that? There's just like... No, there's just nothing in it between the top guys. But yeah. that being said, Molinari is a, a, an average journeyman. <laughs> but the um, but the thing I was, I, you know, the difference between the DJs and the Rorys and, and those guys is that they go on a, like streaks. So you get like a six month streak or even like a six week streak, where they'll just everything clicks and they're the ones that are on fire that week. Um, the difference is that most of those guys only have one of those, maybe two of those in their entire career. But the DJs and the Rorys have those you know all the time they've had like five or six of them like rory was on a heater there for to relate your early heat boy six months or a year 2019 then last year he was off the boil and then it looks like hopefully he might be coming back onto it again um but most of the guys just kind of go through one period one patch of down their lives it's funny because i think you alluded to this in a previous conversation crawford that we all get sucked in by that every time where DeChambeau will have three or four weeks where he's on a heater and everybody says, that's it, he's the best player in the world, nobody's going to touch him, he's broken golf, he's ruined it, and then DJ does it for four or five weeks and everybody goes, no, he's the best player in the world, yeah. nobody's coming near him, and it, it just, it shows these top 30 or 40 guys are so close together, somebody just has a hot streak for a month, they're the best player in the world, and then, as you said, something goes, they sink back into the pack, somebody else emerges, and that's why it's so difficult to win majors now. But it's also why looking back at Tiger's record, it's so impressive because he he's the golf. only person he's the only person for like ten years. He he, he was on the hot streak for ten years. Not ten weeks or ten months. He completely ruined golf for as I said something in the main chat earlier. He made the absolutely impossible seem like a prerequisite to being an elite golfer. And it's like, no, he ruined it for everybody else. Like nobody, but that's not normal. You look at people's attitude to Rory and like a lot of people are disappointed by Rory and disappointed by his career. There's a guy, he kind of let everybody know, he was like he had a, started off great and then he went off the boil. The truth is that 
you know, he's been in the top 10 of the world for over 10 years. He's been in the top five in the world for most of that 10 years. Um, and even though he's gone through years where he may not have won anything, he's still been coming second, third, fourth, fifth. He's been a, an incredibly successful golfer of the last decade, probably the most successful of the last decade. But because of Tiger having come before him, our attitude in contrast is like, oh, he's shit. So there's the spicy take from Crawford in this week's podcast. Rory McIlroy is quite good at golf. Um, If you're interested in the golf being back, there's obviously loads of um, betting interest, shall we say, within the flock, gambling interest. Um, I think Rob and Phil are involved in a couple of them. Uh, If you want to get involved, we've got the year-long PGA Tour one and done, which is when you pick a golfer each week and you get their earnings for that week. Uh, you can only pick a golfer once a year and then the winner at the end of the season wins a shitload of money. We've got the Draft King pools for both the European Tour and for the PGA Tour. You pick your squad of six, you get points based on what they do and um, you win or you come second to John Arshad and that one. Uh, and then there's also a year-long European Tour pick a squad fantasy football sort of thing as well. There's loads of other bets going on. I don't understand any of it. That's just a link to promote our friends, uh, Aaron Luxembourg over there in Luxembourg, uh, running a podcast on RACDG, PGA, European LPGA Tour, all things golf gambling. Um, I don't think any of us have a clue what we're talking about when it comes to gambling. So he does a roundup of the tour, gives some gambling insight of what's coming up in the following week, all that sort of good stuff. Uh, so if you want to lose some money, give that a listen um, and you know see what sort of tips that they're throwing out over there. Speaking of big tips, Phil, let's throw over to you now. You've got, oh, you brought about an idea along with Mr. JSW, friend of the podcast, uh, to run a order of merit yeah. for the RAC. Getting very big and very tasty for a big season long competition. Do you want to have a go at explaining that to us? How did the idea come about? How do you want it to run? And what's your, what's your hopes and dreams for it? Yeah, so um, how did it come about? Um, well, obviously, we had the mega bonus um, that was obviously running for all of last year and obviously there was always discussion about the mega bonus and it being is it right for this category golfer for, for the, you know and, and kind of it was always kind of contentious whether it's sort of like you know half the people entering wouldn't have a chance blah 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 so what we thought was um at, at the time that we were sort of looking at what the next iteration of that would be we were kind of fortunate obviously that that was one and that kind of wiped the slate clean if you like um and we've been kind of talking sort of a few of us about the idea of running sort of like an order of merit because the really good thing about the mega bonus was that it brought some interest and brought some kind of group element to sort of people just having a casual game so people meeting up and having a game it wasn't just oh I played today and I played okay it's kind of it's like I'm declaring the mega bonus so people got bought into the you know the interest so casual games of golf became something that everybody sort of bought in and got interested to uh, with so what we thought is that we'd look at doing we call it an order of merit. I suppose that's kind of the best way of sort of describing it um, for this year, which will start in April. And the idea is that basically anybody in the flock, as long as um, they're playing around, sort of like declared for like WHS, so like a handicap counting round, they can go out, they declare before they play and they play their round. And then they sort of submit the scores um, into the order of merit. And you kind of have to have a minimum of two scores a month um, to count. You can play up to four rounds. 
Um, it, like I say, it can be any type of round. Obviously, we encourage them to be rounds with other flockers, try and get out with the rest of the guys and sort of, you know enjoy the social sort of element of the group. But it doesn't have to be because obviously we know we've got people in sort of areas where they're kind of isolated and we want them to be able to take part as well. And then what we'll do is um, the average score, kind of average Stableford points from your monthly submissions will create sort of like a monthly ranking that will convert to points. I think we'll just probably use the FedEx point system because it's easier than trying to come up with our own sort of like weighting of points. And then we'll build that up over the sort of April to September. We'll build it up over six months um, with a view to sort of having a final standings in September and then, the goal is that we'll, you know, we're doing the we're sorting out the final points over the next week or two. But the goal is that everybody will pay an entry fee. Some of that will be for prizes, but the main thing is is that we'll probably try to have sort of between ten or twelve golfers have their golf paid for to go and play like the final event. So we'll kind of have like a bit of a, a tour championship um, paid for. So that's the idea. But I think the main thing is is it's just to give everybody something every round that you play sort of to give it some context for people to get involved to have some banter share some sort of images sort of stories on really and we've done some bits behind the scenes we've got Gavines has sort of built a website for it so everyone's going to be able to actually officially register Ooh. to sort of submit scores and yeah. so you can you declare your rounds online you submit your scores online and it does all the calculations so you can see live leaderboards and everything else so that's in beta testing at the minute a very geeky sounding language but that's um, that's Gav's currently working on that so we're trying to make it something sort of substantial so it's not actually just you know like a kind of spreadsheet thing we want it to be like a you know a real thing that everybody can sort of buy into so yeah so that's that's kind of i'd say in a nutshell but i've waffled on there really haven't i so that sounds fucking brilliant i'm buzzing for this it does and is is the idea just gonna kick off whenever we all get out of lockdown is that yeah i mean the idea is is that we'd kind of run it alongside the traditional golf season so the goal is kind of April 1st kind of that's when you can start to submit scores um so then and then we'll run like a, there'll be like a end of month so there'll be like points for the end of each month so even if you have a bad month you know you can go back into the next month and still get back into it you've not lost anything if you know what I mean and the other thing as well is that we're going to do bonus points for the majors so the, for the four the four REC because you know we're going to do if you if you're entering into the majors does that mean I need to turn up at something yeah, I mean, you don't have to, but but it means that if you do win a major, as long as you've entered the Order of Merit that month and you've submitted one of your rounds at that major, we'll kind of do some sort of bonus points. So if, so if winning a month is like 600 points, we're probably going to say like 250, 300 points are like a bonus for someone that wins the major. So just to give some, you know, extra Order of Merit recognition for those like flockers that play well in the best events. Yeah. This all sounds incredible what i'm going to say is this is just completely me talking here and we'll probably end up taking this offline but we really need some sort of whether it's a patreon or some sort of pool together for the guys like phil like gav irons with all the video stuff and creating a website like jamie kenny who does all the the work on the website these guys do all this stuff for free uh, everybody listen think of the amount of hours the amount of time of entertainment and stuff like that you get for these guys doing stuff absolutely not us we don't deserve a penny for this right this isn't for me robert crawford we do we do not deserve a penny. <laughs> we, do. we just talk out loud <laughs> but guys like producer mark mark spends a couple of hours a week doing two podcasts now uh guys like jamie guys like gav guys like phil i think we need to look at setting something up where these guys are getting a bit of a kickback for this because the amount of stuff he's doing for you guys for free and you're paying 45 quid for bendy alignment sticks it doesn't really align with uh, my <laughs> values there but phil this sounds class i can't wait for this to start yeah no i appreciate that i don't understand the comments on the time but i think that you know like we're all bought into 
this being a good community, we want that community to sort of to thrive. And if that's a little bit of time that's but you know, we only spend the time that, you know, like we can spend and we do that for the sort of the greater good. And if, you know, if people ever felt like that was deserving of something sort of in that context, then I'd rather we start up a bit of a charitable fund or something like that and just do something so the group oh, every year. Look at, you, look at you trying to get the old moral high ground. Oh, yeah, he's, 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 he's gone for the MBE, Gary. He's gone for the MBE. <laughs> I've already done my Pinehurst charity drive. We've had the charity. I've been I've been feeding the feeding the hungry all across Scotland for the last three months. <laughs> Speaking of which, did they ever get back to you with a thank you? Yeah, and that was a fantastic effort. They, do you know what was funny? We we sent the money to them, and it's the last I've ever heard from them. The amount of times that's happened with me with women, <laughs> but I didn't expect it to happen with a charity. You know, send them the money and you don't hear a thing from them. Um, Normally, when you send charities money, they won't leave you alone because they're trying to get more out of you. Do you know how my mind just went there, right? And this is going to take me on to something else very quickly. My mind just went prostitutes, Amsterdam, les, right? So this is how I got to here, right? But uh, really serious note, and I don't know why I'm laughing now. I want to give a big shout out to our man, Les, who he left the chats during the week. There. He's got a few things going on at home, a few health bits and pieces so I want to just take a, a quick moment here uh, to just I know he'll listen to this because he's one of the only people that bothers listening to this but a big uh, shout out and I get well soon to Les hope to speak to you soon hope everything's going okay obviously lots of love from not only me Crawford Phil Rob Mark but everybody uh, that's in the flock so hope to see you again soon big man I uh, hope everything's going well um, back to prostitutes what we're saying Phil, we covered the, the order of merit there. If we're looking at finding a bit more information about this, I'm assuming we've got some bits and pieces up in the clubhouse, yeah? Um, I don't know if there is a thread in the clubhouse yet, actually. I know that um, Joe, who's been helping with it, like um, Joe Smith-Walker was sort of on about um, putting that up. But if there isn't, then I will sort that soon. So um, I'm on there quite a lot at the minute because of the golf league, which we're going to come on to. So I'll get that sorted, if not. Phil, just out of, out of curiosity, say, for example, we run this this year and it works really well. Would we be able to run this out globally, like to all the, everyone and all the members, all the chapters around the world, be able to input scores into like a global thing, global order of merit? Yeah, they would. The only thing I think we'd need to look at for it is if you did that, because I, I kind of I thought that that would sort of kind of be a logical kind of progression for it, and you could kind of have almost like a it almost be like a ranking system, I guess, for sort of like flock members. But the because the, the apps obviously it doesn't matter where you play. The only thing I think you'd have with that is that there's an element within the UK group, I think, of like trust and knowledge that everybody in that group is 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 being is submitting scores that are genuine if you know what i mean it's what just, are you saying phil the, Amer- the americans play fake golf anyway they don't put out gimmies breakfast balls all that bullshit i'm not getting involved in that shout out to all of our american listeners speaking of i tell you what, i was listening to chase and scratch today the guys on the chase and scratch podcast and they were talking about looking at some other t- t- uh, statistics and they have what they call a pk so a pk after patton kazara's is when you hit a ball that just goes way like off the planet, and they're talking through the statistics, and one of the guys like, oh yeah, so you know you have on average four PKs around, and one around you had twelve PKs, and yet these guys are playing off like three and four and five, and I'm like, how do I, if they're having like four like three off the tees per round, how are they playing off a five handicap? Yeah, no. I, know, I think Gary's best Gary's best place to answer that question because I've played with him and he definitely sounds exactly the same. So <laughs> <laughs> point eight, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I played with a couple of guys when I went over to America and we were chatting about handicaps and I mean, I didn't really understand the PK or anything like that, but me and my dad were playing with him. He said, to, 
played about eight holes. What, what's your handicap? He said, oh, it's between 3.4 and 5. I was like, so you, your handicap's like like four? He was like, yeah. He was fucking shit. He was all over the place. <laughs> I was like, how is this guy playing off four? And now I know. Yeah, that's it. Um, you nearly did a really good segue, Phil, and then Crawford jumped in and started rambling because um, you went, oh, they talk about the golf league. That's no, all right. It's all right. We're all friends here. But <laughs> Phil... The Golf League uh, online virtual uh, PGA Tour 2K21 uh, online golf league has been pretty popular over the last year, especially during the last lockdown. I'm led to believe it's picked up again this year. Um, tell us a little bit about that and how everybody can get involved. Yeah, so um, so I've been playing sort of this online golf game, sort of in various iterations for a few years, um, and I decided that I just wanted to find a load of people to beat to make myself feel better about it. So, um, so. <laughs> you're laughing, but that is accurate. <laughs> well, the thing is, I, I invented the the RACDG for the exact same reason, Phil, but it totally backfired. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so last lockdown, obviously, golf was like it is now, obviously. Um, band so um, I'd already been playing the game for a while and there was a bit of chat about it in the group so we just started up kind of you know I just sort of put my hand up and said I'll just start like a little bit of a league and you know we got that going and we sort of I think we had about 25-26 people in the first lockdown we kind of did the final rounds of majors live streamed with Gary you know yourself sort of commentating on that which was some of the funniest moments of the the first lockdown yeah. for me, just literal sort of tears at parts of that um, particular sort of. That was another Josh, one of those situations uh, where I was pretending to win the Masters. Um, I was uh, trying to pretend so. I was saying really funny stuff off the cuff, but I'd actually sat and written loads of jokes down in a notebook <laughs> and I was going through them one by one. <laughs> a little peek behind the curtains there, but they were great fun. It was really good yeah. watching people's yeah, it was good. arses crumble. The best one was sort of kind of going on a diatribe about Luxembourg for about five minutes halfway through a round. But it was I thought it was really a joke. Anything to I, do thought with just, I thought he was just kidding on that he lived in Luxembourg. So I was like, right, I'm going to play into this joke here and keep asking him loads of questions about Luxembourg. And he's like, no, I'm literally a teacher in Luxembourg. And I just couldn't get my head around this whole scenario. <laughs> So so yeah so we did um, so we did it last year we sort of we started back up again on the clubhouse um, so it starts this week actually the first event finishes on Sunday we did qualifying last week uh, we're just running sort of a little like a short season just to sort of try to get everybody involved again so we're doing um, kind of eleven weeks finishing with the Masters or virtual Masters if you like um, at the end of March and then if we've got a good number we've got nineteen people sort of back online at the minute um, and I encourage anybody that is bored and he's got a games console and sort of can pick up a cheap copy of the game to get involved because we run a handicap system on it. We try and make it inclusive. It's not just about those that have played the game a lot, kind of thrashing everybody. You know, I've, I've built kind of kind of it's a little WHS system for the game. So anybody of sort of any gaming ability can sort of just get in and get involved. And yeah, so we're just trying to get that building. We've got about, it's been quite good. We've got kind of 15 guys from the UK and then we've got sort of four guys from the Ameri- like from the US side who've already joined as well. So yeah, it's starting to pick up a bit of a pace and it's good. It's, you know, it's, it's good, good to have a little bit of competition. It's kind of telling me with the, the order of merit and all the work and effort that's went into that, uh, and then this league and all the work and effort that you've put into that, like the world handicap system and everything, is do you do you have much going on? Are you? Are you <laughs> <laughs> so much happening at your end? No, no I mean surprisingly, but I mean I was I was in, I was I was self isolating last week, so that was kind of helpful because it allowed me to get a lot of the admin done. But um, no, not 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 all that much. I've got a, like like you, I've got a one year old son, but I've also um, 
got a daughter from previous so I have every other weekend so I don't get out for as much golf as I'd like to so um, I have plenty of time sort of hours here and there to sort of kind of satisfy my golf needs virtually I guess it's kind of like the the porn hub for golfers pj2k21 to be honest it's kind of that, that online sort of thing that you go to because you can't get the real thing i don't know what you're talking about phil i don't know what you're talking about what a selling point right there uh, right so you've got the order of merit we've got the online virtual golfers league if you're listening to this and you want to find out a little bit more about those clubhouse.racdg.com get signed up plenty of threads on there but then loads of other things we've got going and um, we've also got our uh, January uh, fitness challenge card we'll talk a little bit about that next week because we're running out of time and we've still seen what, got... what else we, we've still got a competition going if somebody wants to buy a Titleist um, waterproof bucket hat uh, or to win yes. one then they've got to tell us how we can celebrate RIP Charles Day in May well, what we'll do, I'll tell you what we'll do with that, Crawford, is I'll put a little thread up about it in the clubhouse. Um, so RIP Charles Day, as I believe, was it the 9th of May. Um, and we want your ideas on how we would go about celebrating that. And Crawford's going to give away... Uh, it's not new, It's not used. Like It's a brand new uh, <laughs> Titleist pullover. Is it a pullover? Bucket hat. No, it's like a, bu- a bucket hat. A bucket hat. Right. The, only, the only problem is that I, I did happen... I brought it in today to take a photograph of it, to put it on the clubhouse. And I did notice that it is a small to medium. So... No wonder you're getting ready, you fat bastards, right? So we're going to look. <laughs> so we're going to get something on the clubhouse for that, uh, and we'll pick that up next week. There, as well. there already is. There already is a thing. Um, I think Rod started it. So um, uh, there's a little thread already. Just go in there and drop any ideas, and you've got. And we'll promote that in the chat as well through the week. But Rob, we're going to go for the quickest flock five of all time here with Phil. Um, sorry, Phil, we can't give you more time to run through them. Don't We've got worry about, about it. eight minutes to go uh, before our free cheapskate Zoom kicks us off. So, Rob, take it away with the flock five. Phil, flock five, welcome. We've already got we've already got one, which was your home club, right? So if you give us the next four, start with number four. <laughs> <laughs> That's not it. Wouldn't be my flock five hundred. I don't think. <laughs> give us number five. Uh, number five is Monte Rey in Portugal. Oh, nice. Um, okay. Which is which is not as well known as obviously a lot of the. Villamora, sort of Val de Lobo, Quinta courses. It's a relatively new course, but it's it's kind of the other side of up in the hills. That'd be our first Jack Nicholas course on the uh, Flock Five. Yeah, and that almost you almost assume with it being a Jack Nicholas course that it's not going to be that great. But I'd argue that it's kind of it's probably the European Memorial in some like you know the what do you call it Bears Club type situation. It's um it's um yeah amazing amazing course sort of um, completely unwoke. You need a buggy everywhere. It's it's sort of about a ten minute drive from tea to green on sort of on, on almost every hole because every hole is built into its own valley. But it's um, yeah, it's spectacular. It's, it's phenomenal. It's um, they're all about building a second course there. I've heard it's quite wide. It's because not a classic Nicholas course where you've got a fifty foot square landing space. It's supposed to be quite like lots of space there and stuff, isn't it? And yeah, it's... there is. Yeah, it's wide. And, and to be honest, if you're off the fairway, you're kind of just on sort of sandy like wastelands. It's all it's like. It's not a desert, obviously, but it's like it's very much kind of that type of landscape. So if you're off the fairway, you're kind of just kind of somewhere around sort of like bushes and sort of like sandy areas. So it's quite, it is playable, but there's some holes on there that are, are really breathtaking. They've sort of, you know, they, they had a good piece of land, but they've done a lot with it. There's, a, there's, a, well, there's three or four holes on that course that have sort of been the best I've ever played. And what's it like out there? Because obviously it's, that's the new developer now, which is out to the east of Faro, whereas everything else has been yeah. west of Faro. So it's all kind of a new part of the country. Is it nice out there, is it all? 
Um, I mean, there's there's nothing around it. I mean, there's there's about two shacks on the way to it. It's like you know, you wonder where you're driving to. You're kind of up a single track road, and then all of a sudden you come into this sort of oasis. So it's a bit of a, a white elephant, if you know what I mean. In the um, in the middle of Europe, like very much just high end residential dwellings and a course in the middle of it. But the course itself is yeah, is phenomenal. So yeah. speaking of white elephants, Rob, let's keep this rolling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You sound like Dave H on a Your Golf Travel video. <laughs> Give us number four, please, Phil. In right. 30 seconds or less. Okay. The, the next four are all domestic, so that's, that's easier. Four is Hollingwell. Not golf. Yeah. Okay, decent. Open yeah. qualifier. Yeah, yeah just keen to play yeah, incredible. Yeah. I played it for like 70 quid on Twilight, and I'd heard it was good, but I didn't realise just how good it was. It was kind of, yeah, like breathtaking, some holes there. So, yeah, phenomenal layout. So, yeah, love There's that. a little group of like there, Coxmoor... Um, yeah, little um really well well regarded Heathland courses up in the north of Northamshire. Yeah, and you can kind of like which is only half an hour, you can kind of tag a Lindrick onto that as well, kind of as like a little, you know, if you're in that region for like four incredible courses. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Number three, please, Bill. Um number three, number three, the Hotchkin. Um if, if I was talking domestic if I had to be a member of any course in the UK, it would be the Hotchkin just for the fact that for such a flat piece of land it's incredible how good that that course is uh, unbelievable so like played it a few times this summer sort of thanks Russ um, and it's um, it must yeah, only be like half an hour 40 minutes from you as well I mean by the, it's only probably only about 20 miles as the crow flies but it still takes me 55 minutes that's Lincoln <laughs> for you isn't it um, so yeah so that's number three and then the last two um, I worked on I was kind of fortunate I worked on the Ryder Cup at Glen Eagles on sort of like graphics and sort of like tented village sort of design and things like that. And um, so 2015, I had quite a good year of kind of um, kickbacks and freebies from people that I knew. So uh, my number two course is Birkdale. And that's one, because it was an incredible course. And two, because I got to play it with uh, the son of an ex-Walker Cup player and captain. And, and the guy who I played with, Nigel Marsh, his dad was the two-time English amateur champion. And his dad was a member at Pine Valley, so I got to play Birkdale going around talking to this guy about it, all of his dad and his dad's stories and stuff like that. And, you know, the guy, Nigel, is a two-handicap at Birkdale who, well, at any other club, I think he'd be about plus four, to be honest. I've never seen a short game like it. So, um, Have you I got, got a play. standing invite to Pine Valley? <laughs> no, but he told me that uh, I saw the bag, I saw the tag on his bag and I said, is that the Pine Valley? And I said, yeah. I said, how did you play that? He said, oh, my dad's a member there. And I said, all right, okay. And then he said, but that's how we got into talking about it. And I said, I said, yeah, he said, he said, yeah, we went. He says, you won't believe this. We went out and with my dad and his mate and we went and played Pine Valley and then we got in a plane and then we went to play my uh, my mate's dad, my dad's mate's course. And I was like, oh, right, where was that? And he went, oh, that was Augusta. I was like, fuck it. And I was like, you could sell that golf trip for <laughs> about a quarter of a million. You're at a special level of like rich if you refer to Augusta as my dad's mate's course. <laughs> yeah, and you can imagine I was, off, I, was a, I was a struggling 17 handicap at the time and paired with this guy in better ball, Stableford. My arse fell out after eight holes, to be honest. I was like, I, I kept it together for seven holes and then, yeah, shocking. And then... Um, all-time course is Sunningdale Old so um, I worked on the Senior Open in 2015 when it was there and I got to play it on the Monday um, same tees and same pins as the Senior Open so with all the grandstands up so I mean it's kind of as golf days go you're not going to get it's kind of like a Carlsberg golf day you're not going to get much better so I don't think any course will ever replace that I mean it's a fabulous course anyway but 
the way that I got to play it was just incredible. So, yeah, that's as quick as I can go through my flop five. Sunningdale's probably been mentioned more than any other golf course in the flop fives, hasn't it? Yeah. And Woburn. Sunningdale and Woburn are the two. <laughs> Only the first 14 holes of Woburn. <laughs> right, we got through that so quickly that we've got time to kill, guys. Um, <laughs> two minutes. Song? Should we do a song? Um, did you get any other business? <laughs> um, no, I don't think so. Ah, Phil, so. we'll need to get you on again sometime because you're just you've just dropped in there that you've uh, worked on a number of golf tournaments and stuff. So uh, I'd be quite interested to find out a little bit more about that. We, we've only got 196 other flock members to get through before we can have you back on again. Yeah. So <laughs> look forward to that in about four and a half years' time. Well, that's fine. I'm trying to get a job at somebody that prints the tickets for the Ryder Cup at the minute. So if I get that Oof. job, I'm sure I'll be welcome back on the podcast. But, um, you will. Some, uh, <laughs> some nice counterfeit copies coming off and being. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I need I, I need to just test these to make sure that they work. So can yeah, you send exactly, some to yeah. me, Don? <laughs> okay, guys. Well, we've got another cracking week in the bag there, I think. Another good podcast. I hope everybody that's listening uh, has made it this far and has enjoyed it. Um, how many people are listening? We don't really know because Apple Podcast tells us there's about 30 and then our RSS feed tells us there's 1,500. So <laughs> we, could, we could be talking to anything between... 30 of you and 1500 of you but regardless uh, we do hope you've enjoyed it this week hope you're getting through lockdown okay golf uh, will be just around the corner keep the head for another four or five weeks and we'll get back out there um, it's only three months until Rory wins the Masters now but apart from that I've got nothing else Crawford if, 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 if there are 1500 people listening to this obviously 1300 of them are not yet in obviously in the group <laughs> so they need to go into clubhouse.ricdg.com and sign up because otherwise you're just a bunch of weird perverts lurking around in strange podcasts and not uh, just say my last thing I think it's 200 people and Dave H having it on repeat to be honest is the rest of it so <laughs> <laughs> Rob any Anything to sign off with? Uh, no. Come, uh, but as is becoming tradition, we're going to ask that big question once again. Crawford, what's that question? Question. What? Oh, the James oh, Allen one. That was so. Oh. That was going to be a great link. Fucking hell. Oh, Wait, we'll do, do it again. We'll do it again. Do it again. Crawford, what's that question? Uh, well, what, the, what we all want to know is James Allen still living in St Andrews? That's not even. Is it still a member? It's an outright. <laughs> is it? No. It, it, you don't even drink, it, Crawford. How oh, do you no, not but, know? But, no, but hang on. Is he? I don't. It, I can't remember. What is the thing? Is he a member? He's not a member because. So he lives in St Andrews and he's got the links thing. Links ticket. But he's not a member at the actual club. Um, That's it. So he be oh yeah, he lives in St Andrews, but um, so it's kind of a shoddy effort at it. But he's uh, he's there. What is it you say in the song? Is it? It's a member. Is James Allen still a member at St Andrews? He says, "Move yeah, okay. your phone away from the microphone, Crawford, for the nineteenth time." Let's <laughs> cut out. The fucking Mark, phone's like cut out literally feet away. like the last three minutes. <laughs> 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 Right, hang on. Do I was like after the break, da 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 but okay.